Hello, and welcome to First Date Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. My name is Julia O'Hanlon, and I'm a staff member with IPA. We're located in the Biden School of Public Policy and Administration. In keeping with the U.S. Administration for Community Living Celebration of Older Americans Month, IPA and First Date Insights have dedicated several conversations on community and university partnerships related to aging in place. On May 6, 2022, I spoke with Maggie Retinakia, Executive Director of Lori's Hands, about the organization's service learning model and mission that connects college student volunteers with older community members living at home with a chronic illness. Enjoy the discussion. Today, I am joined by Maggie Retinayaka, Executive Director of Lori's Hands, which is a service learning program founded here in Newark, Delaware. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we're gonna have a lot of opportunity to hear more about Lori's Hands, of course. But before that, I was hoping that you could just talk a bit about your background and interest areas and how you ended up working as the executive director of the organization. Yeah, sure. So I have my master's degree in art therapy. And when I finished grad school, I worked as an outpatient mental health therapist for several years. Um, It was work that I loved, but I really wanted to work in more of a community-based setting. And so I had the opportunity to work with an area nonprofit as the director of older adult services. And I really developed a passion for older adults and the aging in place movement and creating intergenerational partnerships to support people who are aging in place. I had known about Lori's Hands for a few years and was thrilled when the opportunity presented itself to join the organization in 2017. I really love working across generations and creating mutually beneficial partnerships between students and community members. And so uh, it just worked out really well to be able to step into this role. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing. And I believe you and I, our paths first crossed when I was doing some work on behalf of IPA on transportation and mobility for older adults, some projects related to that. And we've had the opportunity to connect several times thereafter, you know, through our shared professional interests. So I'm just grateful for that. And so in terms of Lori's hands and its history and you know, overall goals and participation. I know the organization's been around since 2009, I believe, and was created by a founding board member uh, in memory of, of her mother. Could you just talk a little bit more about that history and what the current aims of the organization are, Maggie? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, Lori's Hands was originally founded as a student club at the University of Delaware in 2009. We were founded by Sarah Lefebvre. She was a nursing student at the time. Um, She had had the personal experience of seeing her mom live with breast cancer for much of her childhood. So she was acutely aware of the needs that community members had when they were managing chronic disease and treatment from things as simple as going to the grocery store to running the vacuum cleaner to just being a, a friendly companion. When she became a nursing student, uh, she saw that many of her peers didn't have that same insight, very understandably. They hadn't lived it and saw that in a traditional academic setting, you're getting great education related to nursing or related to other 
medical uh, fields or professions, but you're not getting that in-home kind of real life lived experience. So she thought of Lori's Hands as a way to bring together these two groups of people to address one another's needs using their strengths. So students have some unique schedules, they have availability during the day, and they have a real eagerness to learn, and they have the ability to help with some of these chores that can be really difficult when you have declining mobility or you're facing chronic pain or things along those lines. And at the same time, our clients have so much lived experience, it is incredibly worthwhile for our students to learn from. And so she had this idea to, to start Lori's Hands to meet these two needs using uh, one another's strengths. And we were named Lori's Hands in memory of Sarah's mom. Her name was Lori. She sadly passed away before Sarah got to college. And it's a way for us to really carry on Lori's legacy of always being willing to help one another, help someone in the community, lend a helping hand. So this dual mission um, that was really core to our founding is something that carries through to our work today, 13 years later. When Sarah and her peers moved towards graduation, they had had such a profound experience with Lori's Hands, they didn't want it to end when they graduated. So they established Lori's Hands as a 501c3 nonprofit organization in 2012, continued to run it as volunteers until 2017, when the organization received grant funding to hire me as their first full-time staff person. And so, you know, again, through it all, this, con this consistent mission to address um, some of the inequities in, in community health um, as people are aging in place and navigating chronic diseases and creating really meaningful learning opportunities for students who are preparing for careers in healthcare has remained steady. So our mission today is to build mutually beneficial partnerships between community members with chronic illness and college students, fostering empathy, connection, and resilience. Students provide practical assistance to support community members' independence at home, and community members share their health and life experiences to support students' learning. That's such an awesome and frankly, inspirational foundation. And I'm really drawn to the term you've used several times now to describe the program, the organization in terms of being mutually beneficial. And I think that's really a really important piece to feature. I know that there are a lot of organizations out there providing intergenerational activities and programs informally, but I, I really think, you know, Lori's Hands is, is definitely a unique model in terms of having the connections at, at both the community level with students of higher education. And I was just curious, are there other similar models being developed elsewhere? And are there Lori's Hands affiliate programs? Yeah, it's a great question. So Lori's Hands is certainly not alone in our desire to support community members who are aging in place um, and our commitment to equipping future healthcare workers with a kind of a, a deep insight and empathy for older adults with chronic diseases and people with chronic diseases. We are one of the few programs who has a formal process for marrying these two aims together, though. And with that, we are helping to expand our model beyond just uh, where we were originally founded in uh, the University of Delaware. With support of federal funding from Community Care Corps, we actually launched our second chapter in Baltimore, Maryland at the end of 2020. 
And earlier this year, we launched our third chapter in the Metro Detroit region, thanks to funding from the Michigan Health Endowment Fund. Um, and later this year, we will be launching a learning cohort to teach others about our model and to help expand intergenerational service learning experiences. So we see there's tremendous potential for this work to continue to grow. We want to be a part of it, uh, both ourselves, but also equipping others to be a part of it, too. This is really exciting news, Maggie, and we're certainly wishing you and your staff and all that are involved the best with these new initiatives, both in the extended chapters as well as the the learning cohort. So given your your experience um, with Lori's Hands as, as well as other organizations, as well as your educational background, and you've touched on this a little already, but why why do you believe that organizations like Lori's Hands are so important now and, and into the future in, in terms of the relationship building, the learning that comes with it from different generations, but also in terms of influencing community and public health and social services related fields? Yeah, that's a great question. So our population is aging and an overwhelming majority of older adults want to age in place. That's not new news <laughs> to, to anyone. But while there are are a lot of benefits to aging in place, it does not come without its challenges. There can be limited resources, a lack of social support, and frankly, high costs associated with in-home supports. Um, And these are just a few of the barriers that older adults face to aging in place um, healthfully and well. So Lori's Hands addresses these challenges directly. So we focus our services into five different areas. We address food access and nutrition, by going grocery shopping and preparing meals for our clients. We address physical activity by going for walks and just getting clients up and moving when we come out for visits. We address uh, resource navigation uh, for folks who have challenges making phone calls or even just researching what resources are available to them. Our students can step in and help with that. We try to make the home environment safer and healthier by providing some tangible support with things like chores and Um, Some of those activities that may be challenging or even just dangerous for people to complete on their own, our students can help with those. And last but not least, our students are addressing social isolation and loneliness through every single visit by uh, providing companionship to our clients when they're going out. And so we are addressing some of these challenges that folks are facing as they're aging in place. Our services are offered free of charge to the community, so there's no financial barriers to uh, accessing our services. And on the flip side, uh, we need more people who are entering healthcare to have empathy towards older adults and even just simply have an interest in working with this population. Our students, when they are working with Lori's Hands clients, it may be one of their first professional experiences or non-personal experiences anyway, where they're getting to interact with older adults. And it's very eye-opening and can be a really enriching experience for our students. You know, and, and we've all heard that Social isolation and loneliness are detrimental to health. That has become even more apparent through the COVID-19 pandemic. And we need to to work to address this real threat to people's well-being by showing up consistently, developing strong partnerships. Our students are addressing that directly. Um, And last but not least, intergenerational relationships are really important to community. We need to step outside of the groups that we traditionally spend time with. Our students consistently report, you know, going out into the community to visit a Lori Sands client, maybe one of the few times they break out of that campus bubble and really connect with the local community. 
and vice versa. Many of our clients don't have the opportunity to connect with young people. Um, And so it's breaking down some stigma that may be there and even just sharing lived experiences uh, and strengthening bonds that are really just better for our community as a whole. Yeah, I agree. And I do think it is critically important to attract younger generations toward health and social services careers, or even just understanding more about other generations. And in terms of the research showing the impact of, you know, isolation on one's health and well-being, both physically and emotionally, in a recent conversation I had with other UD colleagues, we discussed the importance of interdisciplinary partnerships to help support aging in place related services and programs, and also the importance of evaluating these kinds of programs. I know that's something that you guys have undergone fairly recently. What are some of the things that you've learned through the evaluation process, Maggie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, evaluation, demonstrating impact and value are extremely important. We need to A, make sure the work that we are doing is on point, that it's making a difference in the lives of the folks who are participating so that we continue to grow in a way that is impactful. It's also important uh, as a nonprofit in terms of funding so we can demonstrate that there is worth and value to funding our services. Healthcare spending is a major issue um, in our nation with a lot of complex factors for sure. While it's important to demonstrate value, we also need to think more broadly than just the bottom line and whether an intervention decreases emergency department visits or dollars, you know, actually spent on a patient. So with that, you know, these upstream factors play significant roles in health among our clients and, you know, certainly beyond our clients as well. And so we can't always pinpoint the direct effects that some of these aspects of people's well-being have on costs. And so that's something that we've explored a lot. How do we, if we're getting groceries for someone, if we are addressing kind of the cleanliness and safety of someone's home, that may not be directly reducing an emergency department visit, but it's one of many factors that's addressing a person's overall health and well-being. And so we've focused some of our evaluation, one on measuring things like the safety and cleanliness of home environment, like the physical, a person's physical activity, their connectedness to the community, their ability to navigate resources through self-report. So clients telling us, you know, this is how confident I am in one of these areas. And then six months later with our student support, are we seeing any improvement in those? Because we know that those are really important aspects of people's health. We know that food access can be a challenge for people. So if we're getting groceries for you consistently when that wasn't an option before, that was really a challenge before. And certainly, as we've talked about already, loneliness is a significant threat to people's health and well-being. And we are measuring loneliness. Um, It's something that we've actually seen as participants join in Lori's hands after six months. They're reporting a decrease in loneliness experiences. So that's really important for us to be able to see and to demonstrate that we are having an impact on some of these important aspects of people's lives and that people are really finding value and uh, feeling more confident in their ability to age in place. Yeah. And when I was chatting recently, I mentioned I chatted with Allison Carpin and Beth Rosega Smith here at UD, and we were talking about you know, whether or not it is possible to monetize health and wellness programs that are geared at supporting aging in place 
And so I, I think it's really important that evaluation piece and the, the measurement piece. I know this is something you and I have briefly chatted about over coffee. What are your thoughts on this? Is it is it possible to put a dollar figure on these types of programs? Yeah, again, you know, if we start to think about health from a much broader perspective, even taking a more public health approach to the topic, I I think that we have to, right? It's something that we really need to consider. Again, as I mentioned, our services are offered free of charge, so we're not creating unnecessary economic barriers, and we're exploring partnerships to see how can we join with healthcare providers, with community resource providers to evaluate kind of the added benefit of Lori's Hand Services on top of a great healthcare provider. We received funding at the beginning of this year from Christiana Care through the Community Investment Fund to pilot a partnership with Primary Care at Home to see if we are connecting our students more directly to social workers within Primary Care at Home, really tailoring our services to what clients' goals are through Primary Care at Home by opening up communication lines, can we add value both to the work that they do and also increase the impact of our students' volunteer time together? And so um, we're excited about that pilot. We're doing some valuation of this project to, to try to capture what the added value is. And hope that this will serve as a pilot project for us that we can replicate um, locally and with other with our other chapters as well. That's great. And we certainly look forward to hearing more about the role that Lori's Hands has and will continue to have in supporting alternative models for health and social services, particularly as our population ages and families also need that support. So just to wrap up, Maggie, in terms of of things happening with Lori's Hands events, things coming up. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, we are kicking off a learning cohort later this fall. It's a chance for us to explore how the Lori's Hands model could continue to expand um, in communities where we are not offering services uh, already. So you would certainly have the opportunity to reach out to me to learn more about joining the learning cohort if that was something that was of interest to you. We'll be really targeting uh, Michigan, actually, for this learning cohort, exploring specifically how our services might be brought to more rural communities that are traditionally underserved. But offering these trainings and workshops for community members who want to bring Lori's hands to their local communities, to their local universities, is something that we're getting off the ground and we're excited to be able to to share our learnings um, to be able to help expand the frequency of intergenerational service learning to support older adults and community members with chronic diseases. Locally in our chapters, we also have service events coming up throughout the summer. It's a great way if you're interested in just being involved in our work on a one-time basis to interact with some of our students and some of our clients and see the value of um, intergenerational service learning. We'd love to have folks be a part of that as well. So information can be found on our website or you could always reach out to me to learn more about that too. That's great. Thank you, Maggie. And thank you so much for joining me today. I really look forward to learning more about all the exciting things that Lori's Hands is working on and just the impact that the organization is having on it here in our local community, but in other states as well. So thanks and all the best to you. Thanks for having me. 
To learn more about Lori's Hands and the upcoming opportunities mentioned during the interview, please visit lorishands.org. To learn more about IPA's work related to aging in place and other program areas, please visit ipa.udell.edu.